0: Sucker pants, Uh, and thank you. My wife even has called me dumpling, apparently, on on Facebook. And uh, also, because it's summer, I'm going to sit most of the summer. Uh, Now, I did change the furniture back from the weird setup I had for a couple of weeks, uh, although some of you said you really liked it. And if you haven't been here in a few weeks, we had all of the pews facing this way. Uh, Not all of them, but most of them, so it's kind of an interesting setup. But we're going to do some different things in the summer, and you'll be invited to participate in different ways, and um, as as we begin to get into some different uh, scripture that relate to our summertime readings, uh, you're going to, I think, be blessed by the word that comes from God to us in the midst of uh, our summer, in the midst of trying to find rest, and maybe trying to find a little bit of vacation, uh, maybe just trying to find some peace in our lives. But today uh, we have heard two very powerful scriptures that relate to us about prayer and about healing and about the kinds of things that God can do. And as I was thinking about prayer, I uh, remember an article that I read about uh, a Dutch artist who created some kind of art. That you know how Dutch artists are, I guess. They're always doing something very innovative and modern. And so uh, this guy decided that he was going to develop a phone number for God. And he went to a a place to post this phone number and people could come by and see that this was God's phone number. And I think he fully anticipated that people actually would call in and would have some kind of message that they wanted to leave for God. But this really was because he was a believer and he really believed that God was listening to their prayers and that God would be available at any time, anywhere. They could just punch in a number and be able to... Uh, leave a prayer request for God to answer. Now, within one week, he had received easily over a 1,000 phone calls onto that uh, phone number. And that's great. I mean, it's great to think about that there are at least a 1,000 people out there who, at least in his little village, who really felt like they needed to connect to God, that they believed in God and believed in a higher being enough to where they would take the time to call and to do this. But as they called, they didn't get God. As you can imagine. They didn't get uh, the artist either. They got a voicemail. And this is what the, uh, the voicemail said. This is the voice of God. I am not able to speak to you at the moment. But please leave a message. Now that doesn't actually convey the idea that God is available anytime, anywhere, anyplace. And as you can imagine, if you left your, your prayer request on that voicemail, you would wonder... Did anybody hear it? I mean, maybe if you had the prayer answered, you would think, wow, that really worked, and you'd call back and and want to do it again. But as I was thinking about that and thinking about what it means to have a prayer life, I think we are often like that. We call in to God or we address God with our prayers and we wonder, does God really even hear these? Do these really go to where God is, wherever God is? And does God answer? Does God check His voicemail?" And if He does, why isn't He answering my prayer requests? Why am I not truly connecting in with God? Now, how many of you ever feel that way with your prayers? And my hand is up, so uh, I expect that you probably feel that way too. That you can say a prayer, a very specific prayer, about a very specific thing, but yet nothing happens. Maybe there's a prayer in your life that you have prayed over and over again for years and years, and yet nothing has ever happened. I mean, there's no evidence at all that God is answering your prayer. Maybe for others. I know people who pray for parking spaces. Like my wife, my dumpling. God parts the lot and there is a spot. And if I did that, it doesn't work. It just goes to show who the more uh, faithful one is in the family. But how is it that we can pray in such a way that we know that we are contacting God, we're making connection with Him, and that God is answering our prayers? Especially as we look at this topic about healing today. In our Gospel text today, there is this wonderful story of Jesus and a Roman centurion. A centurion who has a servant back home that he is praying for and, and wants to see healed. And there is this uh, beautiful story of how Jesus interacts with this Roman centurion's faith. And I I think as we look at that story, as we hear it, we find that there are several things there that relate to how we pray today. And the first one of those is that that really we are invited to pray, but to pray with humility. The Roman centurion had lots of humility. If you look back at the, the text that's there Uh, or look in in your Bible or on the bulletin that's there, you'll see that the uh, the centurion is uh, hes obviously a Roman centurion. He's very important. He has commanded armies. He's done all kinds of things for Rome. He is not a faithful Jew as the others that are around are. He is one who has been in opposition to religious movements, and he's been all about... Uh, Caesar and, and all about doing the things that needed to be done to carry out the laws and the wishes of the Roman government. And so this is a tough guy. And he has accumulated, obviously, a lot of wealth as well as a lot of authority and power. And even still, he recognizes that there is something in his life that he cannot do anything about. There is a need that he has and a need that his friend, his, his servant has that he can do nothing about. He can't heal the man from his disease. He could slay all kinds of armies and defend Rome, but he cannot do one thing for this guy. And so we see this element of humility in his life, but we also see that he is humble and that he is asking this Jesus, this renegade religious guy who's come into town saying all kinds of things about the kingdom of God and this kingdom that would be in opposition to the kingdom that he defends. And he is he's probably seen and, and, and definitely heard that Jesus has gone around healing people and doing all kinds of miracles. And so he has every reason to be jealous and envious and even be against this Jesus. But he says to the people around him, if you'll go and tell Jesus that my servant is sick and he's dying, if he'll do one thing for him, if he'll just say the word, then I know he'll be healed. And you see this sense of unworthiness. The centurion doesn't even go directly to Jesus at this point. He is sending others to go for him. And so he is full of humility. I love what C.S. Lewis, uh, how he defines humility. That humility is not thinking less of yourself. That's how we would normally think of it, right? It's thinking about yourself less. And I think if we are going to pray for other people, if we are going to pray for ourselves, our own needs, then we need to to pray with humility. We need to think of ourselves less. And it means that we come to God with this idea of our limited resources. Maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe there's a recognition in your life that you can't do everything. You can't control everything in your life. You can't control your children, your grandchildren. You can't control your neighbors. You can't control the events of life. You can't control the tornadic winds that blow through a particular area. You just can't do anything about it. And maybe there are people around you that have recognized that as well. And so we bring all of that humility to God in a time of worship where we say to God, God, You are worth everything. And we are but Your creation. We are the stuff that You have made. And so we are coming to You out of our humility. And we are praying to You out of our humility and our limited resources to to be able to do anything about the things in our lives. Do you have that sense of humility in your life? I mean, praying for someone else means that you're thinking less of yourself. Uh, Sometimes when we ask for prayer requests, I mean, not in here, but maybe in a small group Bible study or a Sunday school class, uh, some people will give a long list of things that they want to pray for, for themselves, and that's okay, to ask for things for ourselves. But isn't it always better when someone says, well, my neighbor has this need, and My friend has this need and and I want to pray for my child. My child is going through this and that and I want to list this as a prayer request. You see, to do that and to pray for someone's healing means that we are coming out of an attitude of humility and recognizing who we are and who God is. But I think a, a second thing that the centurion teaches us here is that we ought to pray with dependence. That we come to God realizing our full dependence on Him